So out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, we're going to let every word be established. And we talk, the Bible talks about being established. It's talking about uh, to make it stable. That is, there's no wiggle room. There's no shimmying. Uh, it's to place something firmly in you. And so we're going to let every word be established by bringing in witnesses. And it's going to strengthen, quote unquote, the argument and make the argument firm. But when a lawyer calls his or her witnesses to the stand, they're making their case more solid. And this is what we want to do. We want to make sure that you have a multiplicity of witnesses in everything that you believe. That's my goal. Now, Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter, 5, uh, chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, Peter tells us, and I want you to know this. I mean, perhaps I should have said this early on when we were doing chapter 1. But he says, consider that the long-suffering God being patient with us, putting up with us, helping us, uh, not, not knocking us down because of our, our ignorance of, of God. Uh, it says, consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. He says, as also our brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. As also in all his epistles, now listen to what he says, verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they also, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. Wow. And so that's why sometimes when you're reading Paul, you can't just be a casual reader and read him without understanding because he brings in for us those very, very intricate details. It would be to me like a, a neurosurgeon. A neurosurgeon cannot be whimsical, can't be making jokes. He has, to, uh, he has to really be careful or she has to be careful uh, because just one wrong move it just kill the patient or impair them for the rest of their lives. And so Paul really gives us the word of God like that. Now, I told you early on that I was very concern when the Lord, I knew the Lord had spoken to me and said, I want you to systematically teach on Romans. I'm thinking that's for some theologian guy. That's for those who are more didactic than I. I want to give people this idea of Jesus. And, that, and the Lord said, I want you to do that. And he told me some other things. I said, yes, Lord. And so we're going to look at today, uh, Romans 8 chapter the eighth chapter, verses 1 through 11, but there are going to be a plethora, a great number of, of supporting uh, words from God. But there's a word we're going to use. It's called make free, and we've talked about being made free. A lot of people like to say set free. I don't condemn them for saying set free because there's an element of being set free, but I like the idea, firstly, of being made free, that you are something, and now you are released. And that's what, that's what this word is called, elu. Eleuthero or Eleuthero. Uh, it's called to make free, set at liberty uh, from the dominion of sin. That's how it is. So you no longer, there's no believer in this house or anywhere else who is under the dominion of sin. You are not under the dominion of sin. There may be some of you who are sinning too regularly. 
and you need to come to the church more regularly right because you you may you may have this thing where you feel like you are tied or uh, to yourself or you owe the history of yourself uh, some kind of uh, uh, love or affection but you don't let's look at Romans 8 chapter 1 there is therefore he's speaking in the context of of what he has said previously from chapters 1 through chapter 7 especially chapter 7 he says there is therefore now, no condemnation. Before I go any further, what are we talking about? Condemnation. That's a damnatory sentence on you. That means that, that it's like saying that, no, you are guilty, guilty, and you are going to jail for the rest of your life. Or you are going to, to show you how old I am, the electric chair. Yeah. Yeah, you're, go you're going to be hung by your neck until you're dead. You know, a condemnatory sentence. He says, so because uh, sin is, has been in our members and in our members, then God doesn't say, okay, I'm damning you to hell forever. Forever. And so he doesn't do that. There's therefore now, at this juncture, at this moment, no condemnation to those who are where? In Christ Jesus, who do not walk, do not have a lifestyle, do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, capital S, Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit. If those of you Pentecostals here and around, Holy Ghost. All right. Yeah. You know, they don't walk according to the flesh, the natural man, the carnal man, the way you were born, the way you came here. You no longer walk like that. You know, so what a, what a change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. And that is a reality. It's not just a theory that God's trying to work out. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah, somebody. And look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Uh, Paul, this is supporting documents or evidence. Now, it, it does come from Paul, but it does come from Paul uh, via uh, his teachings to the Galatians. Let's put it up on the screen, Galatians 5, 16. I say then, and that's what Paul is saying. He's making an, an emphatic statement. And this is for all believers in his day and in our day forever. Walk in the Spirit is a command. Walk in the Spirit. Now, he doesn't say that because you are, you are unable. He doesn't say that because you have the inability to do that. He says it because God has enabled you to do it. And God has done something that cannot be undone. I, I know there are people who think that God's work can be undone. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. But I, I, cannot, I don't find it to be so. He says, so who's going to undo work, the works of God? That means you are greater than God. Yeah. No, no, never, ever. Now listen to what he says. He says, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That, that means when you're walking in the Spirit, you can't be walking in, in the flesh at the same time. The, the flesh means as a natural person. You, have, you and I have neighbors who are natural per people. We have co-workers who are natural people. And uh, they always walk in the flesh. You don't have to look at them and be impressed. He says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill what the flesh, the natural man, wants to do. The, the natural man is crazy. Now, now, 
Uh, I remember that old song, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. <laughs> Man, that wasn't a good thing. When we, were, when we were young, we thought that was something. But, boy, that was nothing. That was bad, you know, but we thought it was. But listen, so the natural person is always at enmity with God. So you have to understand that. We're going to get to that hopefully in a short while. He says, if you, when you walk, walk in the Spirit, it's a command, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 2 says, for the law. Now, he's explaining to you, he's giving you background information that you must have. Most Christians don't know that they don't have to sin every day. I've even heard preachers say, you're going to sin every day. What? Read your Bible, man. Or pull that clergy collar off. Okay, I'm getting beside myself up here. Amaya told me one time, she said, Papa, whenever you come back from those mission trips, you, you're different. And I said, and I haven't even been on a mission trip in a while. <laughs> he says, for the law, listen, there's a law now. And what he's mean, he means here is immutable, cannot change. You can't change it. You don't have the ability. That doesn't even go to authority. You don't have the ability to change this law. It's immutable, unchangeable. For the law of the Spirit, hallelujah, Holy Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life, mm, of life, eternality, the uncreated life, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Wow. And so, God didn't just set you free. That's a good thing. But he made you free. And then he said, go, be free. But, but, but be free to live according to the way God wants. Not be free to sin. Well, you're going to sin every day, you know. But some of these folks like sin. But the, the wages of sin is death is death. Okay, let's look at Romans 6.18. We're going to come back in Galatians. Let's look at Romans 6.18. And Paul is explaining. What is he explaining? Let me read it to you again. There's therefore now no condemnation to those, I'm going to say of you, all right, who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So he is saying that those people who are in Christ Jesus walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And then he's giving you this other information that shows you who you are. Now, Romans 6.18, he says, And having been set free, that's what New King James says, I, I put in parentheses, made free, because they are the same. The, the, the biblical records show that they are the same. Some mod, more modern versions say set free because that's what modern people seem to understand. But sometimes it's better to go back. You don't want to remove the old landmarks. You, have, you want to go back to that. So he says, uh, and having been set free or made free from sin, you became something. Have you, uh, you know, my, my over, overly used illustration of the caterpillar and the butterfly, you know, uh, that, that. The butterfly is not a flying worm. It's something different, totally different. Now, now listen, so having been made free, what, from 
something from sin. So that means sin cannot dominate you. I want to say this loudly to everybody here. Sin cannot dominate you. If you're sinning all the time, there's something wrong. And you can, you can rectify it. You can rectify it by assembling more with, with the uh, saints of God. My pastor used to say, you want to be strong? Run with the strong. Yeah, but sometimes we're intimidated by the strong. We don't want anybody to tell us anything. When someone corrects us a little in a gentle correction, we think it's a put down. But listen, I want to grow in the Lord. Do you? I want to grow in the Lord. I want to be all that Jesus has made me to be. I want to be all that Jesus came to make me to be. Hallelujah. And you have to accept sometimes, not necessarily criticism, but correction. Are we still here? Okay. And so having been made free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Wow. So now I serve righteousness. I serve righteous causes. You know, I, you know I, I, let me just, you know, I'm going to be me. You know, uh, somebody said, I've got to be me. But uh, I've got to be the new me, the old me, no. But I, I know I mentioned a lot about, about the, the political wranglings we have in this country and now the whole world. The whole world has this disease, this germ. And some of us, uh, Christian people, I think well-meaning people, good, good people, don't want anybody to touch that. Well, I'm going to touch that. I'm going to touch that if the church is full. I'm going to touch it if it's empty. And if you are sick of that, you need a doctor. You need Dr. Jesus. Yeah, you need Dr. Jesus. Because... The Bible says you and I are not slaves to systems. We're slaves of righteousness. And there is no righteousness outside of Jesus Christ. Now, if these governmental systems have been born again, let's follow them. I see y'all getting so quiet here. Hallelujah. I, I tell you, I feel like James Rutledge, you told me when I criticizing him for biting this guy and scratching him while they were fighting. I was criticized. I was a little old boy. He said, I was fighting, TJ. I was fighting. And so I'm preaching. <laughs> so let's look at Romans 6.20 quickly. He says, for when, at the, in the past, you and I were slaves of sin. We did whatever... And Satan wanted us to do. You know you did. You did some horrible things, some of us. And some of us, all of us did bad things. But some of us went into the horrible, that red, red zone. But now he says, when you were, indicating that you're not now. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. That means you and I couldn't find righteousness. Oh man, you say, well, pastor, I don't know. Well, you know, even a blind hog, if he's under the tree, can find an acre every now and then. <laughs> Let's look at Romans 6.22. Romans 6.22. But now, can you say that with me? But now. But now, having been set free or made free 
from sin. So God made you free. God took you and me out of the realm of sin and death, out of that sphere, out of that sphere. I'm living right now, and you are now living here in the Western Hemisphere. We've got people online in the Eastern Hemisphere. Wow. And they are not living where we are living, and we're not living where they are. Our feet are on terma firma in the Western Hemisphere right here. And now listen to what he says. He says, but now having been set free or made free from sin, and having become slaves of God, slaves of God. He talked about slaves of righteousness, slaves of God, becoming slaves of God. Of whom? Of God. But you have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. This is what it's like. Can you imagine you're, you're a tree and God has planted you and you're growing, you're thriving. Your limbs are really beautiful. Your, your leaves are very green and precious. And now you've got all this goodness coming out of you. You know, like joy and peace and long-suffering, kindness, gentleness. All of these things just coming all out of you. He said, that's just leading you to everlasting life. He said, the end result of all of that good stuff that you are producing uh, through the Holy Spirit is everlasting life. That's what he wants us to know. You're different. You're different than all the peoples of the earth. You've got to know that. And you've got to walk in that. And you don't do it by your own power. You and I are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now, now listen. He says in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 45. He says, and so it is written. Now, when, I, when we read, it is written, what do we mean? Unchangeable. Y'all remember that? Okay, I've taught you that, right? You maybe knew it before I taught you, but I taught it anyway. Uh, it means it's unchangeable. It's not going to change. It's, it's, it's written. That's just God's word. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became what? A life-giving spirit. Adam had biological life. He was a living being, but the last Adam, not the second Adam. Now, there are people who say it's okay to say the second Adam. I don't because it, 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 I can infer from that that there can be a third Adam, a fourth Adam, a fifth Adam, and so forth. But Jesus is not, the, in my view, at all, the second Adam. He is the very last Adam, which, which seals your salvation totally. It cannot change, will never change. I mean, forever and ever. You're going to live forever and ever. We're going to be talking to each other forever and ever. And uh, anyway, let me move on. <laughs> okay, let's look at Romans. Ro Romans um, 7, verses 24 and 25. Romans 7, 24. So, so again, uh, Paul says, O wretched man that I am. O wretched man that I am. Because there, are, there is sin trying to work its way into our expressions. This in our members. Because we are saved, we are a new man. But I like to, uh, like to show it as, as this is the old man. He's weak and feeble. He is somewhat uh, hanging on. 
because uh, we have not reached the final day when he is totally uh, cut off. So we, we are in the same body we were born with. That's why we have an old man. We're, we're living in the same body we were born with, but he's here. He's like this. He's weak and feeble, and this is the new man. The new man is empowered by God, and the old man wants to express himself. But listen, just tell him, say, you are sick unto death. Leave me alone. You know, I mean, straight up. Because, because sometimes believers think, well, that's just me. No, that was you. For if any man and woman be in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, behold, look. He means gaze. He says behold. He doesn't mean keep your eyes closed and look down and think. He said look at it, gaze at it, focus on it. All things have become new. And so, but Paul is saying, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And he says quickly, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he, he, he ends by saying, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. So he's not saying he is, he's a, a duplicitous guy, you know. He's not saying he's schizophrenic, you know, that he's doing both. No, and so I've heard preachers say that. I've heard people say they were saved on their way to heaven saying that. But no, he's not saying that. He is instructing us that if, that you, you choose to follow Jesus. You have that ability. You have that authority. You have that power. You have it. Don't say, well, I just got this habit. I just can't get. No. No, you, you can kick that habit, that bad habit you got. You just need to stay with Jesus a while. Yeah. Well, I can't fast. I get faint after six hours. <laughs> I can't do it. I don't have breakfast. I'm dizzy. That's why you're still carrying that old man around. The old man said, hey, let's go eat. Yes, okay. <laughs> Supposed to be following the Holy Spirit. All right. Now, I, I, it's, it's a little comical to me too, but I mean it. You know, you just you just need to say no, 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 no. So with the mind, I myself share the law of God. So he, what he's saying by mind is my inner man, my new man. I, I serve the law of God. But if I'm going to walk in the flesh, I'm going to serve the law of sin. All right? For what the law could not do. But what was it that the law could not do? Make you righteous. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God did. What the law could not do, God did. By sending his own son in the, now listen, in the likeness of sinful flesh. Not in sinful flesh, but in the likeness of sinful flesh. He was born without sin. Because it was between the woman and the man. I know what some of y'all, you, you women are thinking. It's the man who carries the sin germ. <laughs> but he was born without sin. It was between the woman. God's seed, the word of God, the logos of God, was planted in the womb. It was planted in the womb by the Holy Spirit. Planted in the womb by the Holy Spirit. But Jesus looked just like like he had come from Adam. He looked just like that, that he was a sinful man. But he was not. He came in the likeness of sinful, 
of sinful flesh. On account of sin, listen, on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned sin. He judged sin. He judged sin worthy of punishment in the flesh. No, he judged sin. How did he judge sin? How did he judge sin in the flesh? How did he judge sin in the flesh? Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. How did Jesus condemn it? Bible says, for he made him, Jesus, who knew no sin. Jesus was not acquainted with sin at all in the sense that he participated in sin. Never did a wrong thing. That, that's amazing. Never had a bad thought. Never. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Listen. He made him who knew no sin. This is why you and I serve God today. This is why you and I don't have to give in to those lustful passions. Why? Because God, the Father, made him, his only begotten son, who knew no sin, was not acquainted with it in any way, to be sin for us. But this is what he did. He took all of our, let me just say so you'll get it, your nastiness, Amen. filthiness, Amen. took it all and put it on him. Because he was not dying just for you. He was dying as you. So he knew no sin. He made him to be sin. That we, you and me, that we might become something. And what is that? The righteousness of God in him. So we are now the righteousness of God in him. Christ is not, not only does he have a personal body, but there is a Christ sphere. The Christ sphere, S-P-H-E-R-E. -E. It's the Christ sphere. The Christ realm, and God placed us there because he died for us and he died as us. And now listen, uh, let's, let's go a little bit more. Let's look at Galatians 3.13, and I'm going to try to run a little bit. Um, I still got some time. Okay, look at Galatians 3.13. Now listen what he wants you to know as a believer. You see, believers are, have, are more powerful than they ever dreamed. Have you ever seen a, a, a kid, a humble kid? Uh, I have seen this on the school campuses way back when I was a kid, but I didn't see much. I grew up in a country school where most of the people were Christians was around. So we didn't, I didn't see a lot of crazy, crazy stuff, but I saw enough. And you would see some big kid, he's big kid, a big baby, grew very fast. He's, he's humble. He's free. He goes to church, goes to Sunday school. And some thuggish kid on the campus just pushes him around, shoves him around, shoves him around until one day that kid has had enough, stands up to him. Maybe he gives him a few uh, reminders. And, uh, and then from that moment on, that kid walks differently. You have to stand up to Satan. You stand up to the devil. You're not so weak, the devil can do whatever he wants to do with you. That's a, that's a lie, if I can be so blunt. That's just a lie. That's not a mistake. It's just a lie. And there are, there are those of us who love Jesus, and, uh, and we need to be pulled out of his grip. We need to be snatched out of the fire. 
And I believe I'm appointed for that. And I believe that m- many of you, if not all of you, are appointed for that. We have to snatch people from the fire. We got believers who have, who have been led astray. They've been bullied by the devil. Bullied by, in, in various things. In various ways. Been bullied by the devil. We can't even give you all the ways. But, but you need to be snatched out of the fire because you don't know who you are. But once you st- you, you're snatched out of that and you deal with that lying bully, the devil, then you say, I don't have to follow you. That's how you do that. Yeah, somebody say amen with this brother over here. Hallelujah. Let's see what what, what the Bible says about about us. He says in in Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us, bought us back, purchased us from the curse of the law. That is, there is therefore now no condemnation. Why, he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cannot be unwritten, because it's written by God. It can't be unwritten. This is about you. This is about me. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now I think about Jesus. Somebody said he was hung up for our hang-ups. He took our sin. And in the Old Testament, they would take the sinner who was worthy of death, they would stone him to death, and then take him. It seems almost barbaric, but I won't, I won't call it barbaric. It's stark. That's why you ought to go to Stark Seminary, right? <laughs> A little plug in for this. <laughs> no, let me, let me get serious here. It's very serious. That, that criminal was hung on a stake so all of Israel would know this is the end result of sin. End result of sin. Now listen. Jesus was hanging on the cross naked for us because of all our mess ups. Took your curse upon himself. This is why sometimes I'm adamant about things. And I know that some of us have things stuck in our minds and hearts. And I'm going to go over a little bit of time. Uh, Some of us have things that were put in us that God didn't put in us. This is why I'm adamant. That word means hard. Or I'm resisting it ferociously. I am not under a curse. Neither are you if you are in Christ. Neither are you. I don't care what your family lineage said. They could have been all nutty as a, as a pound of fruitcakes. I don't care. It doesn't matter. You said, don't say I don't care. Yes, no, I don't care where they were and how they were. When you came to Jesus, you came out of that old into something new. Something new as in never heard of before. That's why the Paul says, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new, not just creature, it's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, look. He's just saying, wake up and look. My wife used to say, wake up and smell the bacon. Wake up and look. Behold, all things have become new. That's what he wants us to know. Listen, I'm still preaching, y'all. He has redeemed us 
from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. I, I got to do a few more. I think I do. Let me do a few more, okay? I've only done three scriptures in Romans. I'm bringing all these witnesses. Romans 8, 3. Let's look at Let's look at what Romans 8, 3 says. Let me see. Have I read Romans 8, 3? Yeah, for what the law cannot do. So, the law, God's law, cannot condemn you. It's not powerful enough to condemn you. Well, why? Because Christ himself suffered condemnation on your part on the cross. Christ took what was meant for you. That's why I love him so. When you're open to the truth of who he is, it will change you forever. The law, and this is what you have to have in your memory, the law couldn't save you. The law could condemn you, could show you how bad you were, but it couldn't save you. And the, God allowed the law to, to show you how bad you were and me, how bad I was, so that we would call out. And Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? Oh, I thank God through Jesus Christ. Amen. And that was what the law was designed to do, to say, Jesus, help me. I was, and grew up in church. You should sing a little phrase, little praise, they call them, little praise. Help me, help me, Lord. That's all, I think that's all they said. Any of you Kojic people in here, is that right? Is that all they said? Help me, help me, Lord. 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 Help me to do right. Yes, okay. Help me, Lord. Help me to do right. Help me, Lord. Help me to live right. Help me, Lord. If, if you find anything that shouldn't be, take it out and straighten me. Help me, help me, Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not sophisticated. You don't need a master's degree to write it, but you need to know that you're a sinner. Somebody say hallelujah. The law couldn't save you. It could only condemn you. But God sent Jesus to save you and to do what the law could not do. That's what Paul said. Jesus did what the law could not do. So now for every Jewish person, this really puts him or her in a, in a, in a place of, are you going to go on with God through Jesus? Or are you going to go on with God through your Pharisees and your Sadducees? And it says to us too, are you going to go on with God through Jesus? Are you going to go on through God? I mean, you're going to go on rather, not with God. You're going to go on with, with what you're doing and telling God to accept it. That's what's happened, brothers and sisters. Wow. I'm almost to the end of this, I think. Listen. Jesus, God sent Jesus to save you and to do what the law cannot do. Jesus came. As I said earlier, as a man, he came in the likeness of sinful flesh, but he didn't come in sinful flesh. He bore our sins on the cross. Paul tells us in Galatians 4, 4 through 7, he says, but when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman, 
Very powerful statement. Born under the law, also powerful. To redeem those who were under the law, it means everybody. That we might receive the adoption as sons, as born ones of God. We might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, and because you're sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son, Jesus, has sent forth the spirit, did I read that right? Of his son into your heart, crying out, Abba, Father, like Daddy, Papa, Daddy, therefore you are no longer a slave. You're no longer a slave of unrighteousness. You're no longer a slave to do wrong. But now you are a son. You're a son. May I say that one more time? You are a son. I want all the women here to know that you are a son too. Because that means that you inherit all things. You don't just inherit the stars and the planets, and I like talking about it. You don't just inherit a seat next to one of the great patriarchs by access to God and Christ. You do that. It's not just the things. Let me retract. It's not just the material things. It's the Son of God that you inherit. It's sonship that you inherit. And so he says, you are not under the dominion of law. You're not under the dominion of sin. Doesn't matter what your daddy did. Doesn't matter how bad your daddy was. You've been pulled out of that. And this is what he says. You're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So forever and ever, you and I are sons. And forever and ever, the Spirit of God will live in us. And we're not a play-like son. We're a son. We're not Jesus' play brother or play sister. We're his real and actual and sometimes I, I get overwhelmed and I, I weep. But I do that because I think, God, I was not worthy of that. That you would cause me, a, if I may just get real these textures on you, a stinking sinner. I knew I grew up in the church, had a great upbringing, but I was still a stinking sinner. And I had to be saved just like everybody else. And now you have caused me to be born of your spirit. So, it, so just as with Jesus, we are not Jesus. We will never be Jesus. But just like Jesus was brought forth, put into the womb of Mary by the eternal Spirit of God, we have been born of the Spirit of God. That's why we are his brother, and that, or if you want, his sister. But that's why we are brothers to Jesus 
and now sons of God and heirs of God. We are heirs through birth, through spiritual birth. We're heirs through spiritual birth. The adoption that we read about in the scripture is not, you're not a son by adoption. You have full rights right now because you're adopted. You're born and adopted. But your adoption means that right now, you can come to Jesus right now and, and, and receive all these benefits and walk in them powerfully. Thank you so much.